right, the Fan Morning Show is back on the air. Sportsnet 590, the Fan, Justin Cuthbert, and Brent Gunning. And Gunner, saw you come in this morning. Noticed that there was a, a flag still on the vehicle. Still there. Still there, baby. What's the plan for that flag? Well, so this is, uh, I did not capitulate. I did not get a new flag, so there is no beautiful new Leaf logo. This thing is torn. This thing is tattered, much like my Leaf fan heart. So you know what? We're going to keep it. This thing has been around. I don't think it's been around since the last win in 04, but I'm not. I I believe it could at least drink in Montreal, maybe. Oh, wow. uh, so we're gonna keep this thing around. We're that's gonna, an artifact. Yeah, Scudder. we're we're gonna have it flying until they they bow out, and I think that's gonna come Sunday night uh, in Game Six. Mm-hmm. I think that's when it'll happen. Okay. And then that thing cannot get off my car fast enough uh, once they're finally out. But you gotta keep hope alive or or something so you you put a lot of care into this item clearly if it can almost drink uh what's what does it like you know quietly solemnly be taken off the car tucked away in the garage what's the uh, what, nope. what's the preservation well, so process here? what'll happen is i have a nice little uh, shelf at the top of my garage to just kind of keep items out of the way and i am going to wrap it up there and chuck it up there with great abandon because it doesn't deserve to have much care taken out of it wrapped and uh, chucked this thing has uh taken a beating much like my heart so it'll be fine there's no special care that needs to go into it uh one day it'll be i've got a lot of leafs things that one day will be great to celebrate a championship with there's a wendell clark branded whiskey Mm. that will be cracked once the leafs one day get it done and i'll i'll drip a i'll drip a little bit on the flag uh for 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 it one day probably when i'm 72 years old there's not as many car flags anymore What's, what, what, what the, the I really, is I really did think that if we got a hot start in this series, or you're up two one, or just you got through, I think just people are are sick and tired of being hurt. They don't want to be chirped. I was at, I was getting gas early on, first day of the playoffs. Got the flag up. I got my hat on, and I'm so excited. I'm just jacked up. It's finally here. We've had so many meaningless games, and just some guys like, oh, you know, those bums are gonna. And guess what? He was right. Okay, he was right. <laughs> but I don't want to hear it. So I think that that mentality is so prevalent from a lot of people who do want to put it up. They're like, ah, they're just going to do it to me again. And then even the people who don't have those reservations are like, I don't want to hear it from my idiot neighbor. That's really the issue. I think you're, you're like a magnet for the jaded Leaf fan, mm-hmm. the Leaf fan that just wants to grumble. You're like yeah. the target of it's if really, you've got the little, It's really weird. The car, flag. car flag will get that. But like if I'm, you know, doing some shopping, got a Leaf sweater on, got a Leaf hat on. I do get a lot of, tonight's the night, bud. We're going to do it. Like those people, when they see a hat or a sweater and feel the need to say something, way more positive. Car flag people, just uh, just a magnet for the cynics, which I guess are my people. So I probably <laughs> should something about the car probably flag. should keep it around. If you're an introvert, I guess, yeah, leave the gear at home. Uh, but I, th- I think it's... Uh... I think it's a supply and demand issue, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing these flags sold anywhere. Am I, am I missing something? Where do you get a car flag well, this nowadays? Is, this is a question for at least partially guys behind the glass. Like, we need a World Cup year because we need the the economy of those guys selling flags mm-hmm. and totally 1,000% authentic jerseys uh, that you can get at, <laughs> at those those kiosks on the corner as well. I think that's the problem. Uh. I think you, need, that's yeah, you need the corner, like right on the side of like a two-lane highway. Yeah, it's like maybe the guy's going to sell you a van. A, maybe sell you a watermelon too. Maybe they're cracking down on that these days. Maybe. I hope not. We need that in our lives. Uh, big news last night. And if NHL draft lottery, rather, on Sportsnet. And Connor Bedard is property, not yet, but will be property, we think, 
of the wait for it. Wait for it. Chicago Blackhawks. Mm. Gunner, thoughts? I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna go like the broadcast last night. Commercial break. We'll be back right no, after this. No, I though. mean, or I could like, you know, spoil it a little early. Kevin Weeks. I don't, I don't know what happened there. It was like, the wrong bumper. If there was a little, I thought there was gonna be conspiracy. Well, there were conspiracy theories, out, let's uh, be honest. But I thought I thought there was gonna be a bit of an issue with that because it was not supposed to be new. even known by no. anyone at that point. I don't think so. I don't know exactly what happened there, but Kevin Weeks knew that the sh- the Columbus Blue Jackets were not mm-hmm. a part of the final, uh, well, I guess two, uh, before the commercial break, and it was down to Anaheim and Chicago. I just would have liked to know what the tweet for him would have looked like with that. Like, there definitely would have been the eye emoji in oh, there. Oh, that's, that's yeah, exactly, exactly why. I mean, he had to do the tweet, probably. Exactly. So uh, we'll, give him, uh, we'll give him a pass there. But yeah, Chicago is the destination for Connor Bedard, and... I think it's the most pal- palatable outcome for me. Yeah, I think I think that if you're somebody and you are totally in your rights to feel this way of uh, the league should have done. So- and look, you, you, I we should probably preface this conversation with the league can't quote unquote do anything. Uh, this doesn't mean I have no time for your conspiracy theories about it. I have time for all of them. But the league is not going to rig the draft lottery. If they were going to do it to put Connor McDavid in Toronto, they're not going to do it to put Connor Bedard in Chicago. I think there are some people who, with everything that happened with that organization, rightfully that's so, very fair. say absolutely not. Get him out of there. Get every player out of there. And that's a very fair take to have. Me personally, I look at all the options that were available. What did I say on the show yesterday? I said, please not in the Eastern Conference. I am sick and tired of first overall pick Dynamos coming and just replenishing this conference with new wave after new wave of talented team. Then if I was going to get really picky, didn't want it in the Atlantic. Could not have that. That was going to supercharge one of those bottom teams down there. No, 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 no. And neither of those things happen. He didn't go to Zona, which would have been a joke. He goes to a real hockey market with real hockey fans. Sorry, everybody out there in Orange County. Mm-hmm. But from a league perspective, best case scenario. And this, is a, this isn't going to be rebuilding some long dormant giant like Kane and Taves had to do. It's right there. It's going to be ready to hit the ground running once. And I'm not saying the roster is, but I'm saying the machine of a fan base in that city is ready right. to love again. Uh, and so from a hockey perspective, perfect spot. Yeah, Eastern enough, I think. Yeah, at, that's at the other part. Nine o'clock reach, start. At Nine arm's reach is really, really nice, right? Like, it's not, you're going to be able to watch Connor Bedard because you're going to be, you know, not staying up, uh, red eyes, trying to mm-hmm. make sure that you're, you know, you can uh, catch some of Connor Bedard's, um, even even just a first period. Um, but he's not in the Eastern Conference, which is great. Awesome. So he's not a terror to uh, a Toronto Maple Leafs team that doesn't need more terrors in front of them, doesn't need more demons. They're everywhere already. <laughs> And then you don't have to be like, ah, it's Anaheim and he's wearing flip-flops and it's a 10.30 start and there's no chance you will ever watch a game and you'll be reserved to what we see from Trevor Trevor Zegers, which is predominantly and exclusively highlights. So I think it is a good spot for a hockey, in the hockey conversation, there is the, okay, did the Chicago Blackhawks, based on their recent history, deserve this? The NHL didn't take away a draft pick from them. So, I mean, like, I just, yeah, it's, if you're cheering against Chicago, which I know there are a lot of people who will be and will always cheer against Chicago for their handling of Kyle Beach and the Kyle Beach uh, situation. Like, I get that. Um, But uh, I think a big market was important for a star player. Uh, If, if it's, if the choice is between the two, you would rather have them in a spot where you actually see them as opposed to a spot that won't get the shine that Chicago will. It's going to be a bit of a grind for Chicago to get back there, but they get to reset their franchise now uh, with Connor Bedard. And uh, it's an interesting, 
tie in with the Leafs because I don't know how long Kyle Dubas is going to be the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but one of his main trade partners is his brother Kyle, Kyle Davidson. That's right, the Kyles. Who, who looks eerily like Sean McKenzie. We got to make sure that those two have been in the same room before mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure, it, pretty sure it's Sean. Let me tell you, Sean's got nicer suits. I'll tell you that right he now. Does, he does have nicer suits. Uh, but yeah, Kyle Davidson, who is a prime trading partner with Kyle Dubas, uh, now has this major chip. Uh, I guess he'll be interested in adding. I don't know how that really plays into things, but it's been the spot for Kyle Dubas to dump his garbage, mm. his garbage, his recent garbage or most recent piece of garbage being uh, Peter Morazic, who helped them get Connor Bedard. So maybe there's a little gift package. I was going to say, Every, everyone was saying, how could the Leafs only have to pay? What was it? Five spots to move off of Peter Morazic's contract. How did the Blackhawks only have to pay the that small of a cost to get the mm. greatest tanking asset we have seen in recent NHL history? It was brilliant for both you, of them. You'd love to see the Kyles uh, find a way to connect. Uh, obviously, you know, they're going to be, with everything happening with this core, there are going to be conversations aplenty, and that is the ultimate catnip. I'll tell you right now, from either perspective, it's not going to happen. Uh, but, boy, it'd be uh, fun to dream. Yeah, that's right. We can't even, like, with a straight face, talk about the potential... <laughs> Potential trade involving Connor Bedard and the Toronto Maple Leafs because the Chicago Blackhawks, they just told you what they the last scorched year, earth. Scorched earth start from the very bottom. They don't want someone who's seven, eight years into their career. So I don't know. Matthew, Matthew Nice did look good. I don't Matthew, know. He did look good. But you needed someone like Philly, like a bad organization, a desperate organization, someone hungry for someone relevance. who just needed to be like, we need to sell tickets and sell playoff revenue immediately and maybe that's the one you could twist the arm but no not with the chicago blackhawks they are running and hiding with their prime asset and uh yeah we'll see if uh, kyle dubas could involve himself in any way it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see and yeah i'm again i just like i want to double down on it i'm so happy he ended up there again all the stuff valid concerns but Orange County, the Ducks, I just, I have a personal vendetta against this Instagram hockey player, Trevor Zegris. I'm so happy that he doesn't get lifted up uh, by Connor Bedard and everything going on there. And then the the Yotes are just the biggest joke going. Columbus was in the running there. Is there a less sexy organization? Columbus is the worst. Is there a less sexy organization? Like, my de facto, this game does not matter. I used to say... The Leafs are in Florida on Thursday night to play the Panthers. That was always like a Leafs TV stock game back Mm -hmm. in the day. Are the Blue Jackets the new Florida Panthers of this is a just unsexy organization? And they have talent, right? Like Kent Hughes, exciting guy, Johnny Goudreau, whatever, line A, enigmatic. But it's just the most nothing, vanilla, milk toast organization. Bad jerseys, dumb cannon. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they're not milk toast. Maybe I actually dislike them. I don't know. I think you do. I definitely think you do. Does your opinion on Adam Fentilli immediately change just based on like where he's going likely now? Yeah. It, it's like it, like if if he ended up in Chicago, I'd be like, wow, he's going to be the next Taves. Mm-hmm. Now that he's going likely to the Anaheim Ducks, I'm like, oh. Uh, uh, could have been a good career. What could've, are they going to cook up? The Michigan <laughs> Bros, Zegris and Fantilli. Oh, I yeah. They're, Fantilli's the weirdest player to me. I am so happy. I actually wish someone could men and black me with Adam Fantilli so I did not know he exists because all I heard was that this guy is right there, number two with Connor Bedard for the first, and then you watch the World Juniors and 
they are not on the same planet. And look, that's fine. You're not supposed to be Connor Bedard. But I just want to do a complete reset with Fantilli because you look at the numbers he puts up in Michigan, it's it's incredible. And then you look at the numbers when I see him play a game that matters, and it's not. So I would like to do a reset on him. But I worry that the Zegris Instagram hockeyification will (laughs) infect him out there. Until proven otherwise, yeah. I'm I'm convinced he's going to be just an average NHLer just based on where he's going or where he may go alone. We do have to be careful, though, because we got John Morosi on today at 7.30, and he might be the biggest Adam Fantilli fan going. I want to like him. It's just he went there, or, well... We think he might he's, be going there. He's likely going that. That or Columbus. So yeah. either way, it's, I mean, we're, it, it colors. Uh, Maybe our he's opinion. the guy that could turn around my opinions of, uh, yeah, probably not. I tried to sell myself on it and then immediately bailed. No. Uh, Morosi, 730. As mentioned, we got Jeff Merrick at 7 a.m. this morning. We will go through the NHL board with him and ask him about the Bedard landing spot. And then uh, some more Leaf talk with Luke Fox. At 8 a.m. Uh, there was only one game in the NHL last night. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers hosting the Vegas Golden Knights in game three of their series. Not a good one for the Edmonton Oilers. Not the Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid performance that you'd expect. If you've been like reserving your TV watching time mm. on kind of like a blank slate sort of night, which last night was it in was. the sports world. No Blue Jays, or at least the Toronto sports world. No Blue Jays. Uh, and of course, no Leafs and Panthers. Uh, you might have like reserved some time there, but it was not uh, it was not representative of what we've come to expect from this Oilers team. Yes, they've had lulls, uh, but that was an uncharacteristically bad performance, losing 5-1, not hitting the over and cashing the wake and rake losers in the third period. Uh, but yeah, the Oilers now trailing their second round series. Two games to one to the Vegas Golden Knights. The amount of people in my life, Leaf fans, who were dying for the Oilers to come out and pump the Golden Knights 7-2 and just have their look at this, this is what stars do moment. It was nuts. It was right there on the table for them. And Vegas was just the better team. But it was actually kind of, and they were the better team for most of that game. But it also was kind of indicative of what was a game two against the or against the Panthers for the Leafs, where it was a bad four minutes that undid the Oilers there uh, it was three goals there were two goals in the span of like three minutes Skinner gets chased Campbell comes in and yeah if any team can withstand a flurry and have a flurry of their own it's the Oilers but it was just a bad couple minutes it was a bad couple goals that undid them and you just saw it there and this is a reminder you know and we'll, we'll talk to Luke uh, you know mostly Leaf stuff but we'll ask him about this as well you know when Vegas came to town there was not a person that was in the building when when Vegas rolled through the Leafs that was saying that was not saying uh, that is a Stanley Cup contender. Like this is just a really rock solid Vegas team. You saw Eichel with an awesome assist last night. Mark Stone continues nice to be great. Marsha Show, really dangerous player for them. So I think it's just it's a completely different night and day the way the two teams are built. And then yeah, it goes back to that just kind of bad three minute stretch for them, and they weren't able to have their amazing three minute stretch that they kind of bank on. Yeah, the Oilers are not immune to this. Uh, they've lost the first game in both series. They've trailed for a second time in the series, both now against Vegas and the LA Kings. The difference with the Oilers has been the responses. The responses are immediate. You can set your watch mm-hmm. to the responses uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And clearly, Connor McDavid and Leon Tricet have been front and center with that. Maybe more so Leon than Connor. Crazy numbers. I mean, they were held off the score sheet yesterday, probably the first time in the playoffs. Uh, just the fourth time all season. They had 18 goals and 32 points combined in eight games. Nuts. In eight games going into that game. So I don't know what the odds were that they would be held collectively pointless, uh, but they were probably pretty long. Uh, well, you- McDavid was minus 210 
to get at least two points yesterday. So that kind of puts in perspective (laughs) what the odds for both of them to be held pointless would have been. There's one other thing I wanted to mention from that game is just, and you know, you can play both sides of it. Uh, At the very end of the first period, Vegas gets a goal late to go up to one Evander. And then there's a, there's a face off Mm -hmm. in the neutral zone. There's three seconds left in the period. Vegas wins it back. Petrangelo is just standing there. He's flat footed. It is a clear, We've seen this moment a million times. There's five seconds left in the period. All right, let's just get out of Dodge here. And Evander Kane says, no, I would actually like to climb right into my Dodge and run you over. And he (laughs) steamrolls Peter Angelo, cross-checks him in the neck, big scrum ensues. And you can sit there and say, that is a dumb play. Any momentum you had is killed by the intermission. I can hear that argument. But after watching the Leafs go down with the ship the way they have, it was just so encouraging to see a guy just mad. And I'm going to pick on somebody. I'm not going to pick on anybody. I'm going to pick on your super stud, you know, was the captain of a cup winner defenseman. That's what I'm going to do. And they kill off the penalty. It ends up not coming back to bite them. You just, I really like to see that. And it's just so indicative of what is not there in the least DNA. And again, will Evander Kane do something crazy that could potentially cost your team? Yes. That's all part of it is the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Merrick has used this line. We'll talk to him at seven o'clock. You know, it's, I forget who he stole it from, but it's the idea of you would rather have to chain back a tiger than try to paint stripes on a kitty. And that's what you have to do with this Leafs core. And you see it with a guy like Evander Kane. And I'm not saying they need to go get Evander Kane, but it would be nice to see somebody with that personality. You thought O'Reilly had it. And I'm not saying he didn't, but it wasn't as apparent as you would have thought it was. Not the a, same. Achari, a bit of that, but it's one guy. And it's just, you need more than that. And it was just, that that moment just stuck out like a sore thumb to me last I night. I mean, Evander Kane's towing the line almost more dangerously than Sam it is. Yeah. I mean, I, in game two, I've never really seen well, so the, the rib cage punches about seven or eight. He just mounted Kolasar and was feeding him. And, and it's not like, oh wow, what a brilliant, uh, you know, what a brilliant hockey mind that he can do things within the rules. No, it's not really that. But he does manage to do things within the rules. So, I mean, he's in a fight and he's landing those punches, and it's clearly this like inflammatory thing. But he's not, and he wasn't, wasn't fine, wasn't suspended. He might get fined for this cross-check on Petrangelo because it was completely ridiculous, and I loved it. Um, But he is a little bit, he, like Bennett, is in control of his physicality. So there's, and we've seen guys who are out of control Mm -hmm. of their physicality in in this market who have been punished and sent out of town. So it is a, it is a skill being comfortable with being overly physical and aggressive and certainly Evander Kane is and he knows not that he knows when to use it but he and and again I don't know how calculated all this uh, all this is but he there's a time and a place and he recognizes Mm -hmm. that and he stays within it just enough for him to not be in the box for five minutes or not available for game three. There's like a little, there's, there, there's some expertise involved there. And I think Sam Bennett and Evander Kane both have it. So there's two guys from a leaf perspective that jump to mind. One of them is the guy you referenced Nazem Kadri there. I think the difference between those two guys and Kadri, and I want to be clear, Kadri is a phenomenal pain in the, the ass past, but he is not somebody who is as physical on a consistent basis as those two guys are in Bennett and Kane. They just mm-hmm. make a part of them their game where they kind of and one of these guys 
franchises on the Florida Panthers. They go about it in the Florida Panthers way. If you're not, you're not going to call a million penalties on me a game. If I continue to do this, and then if I think about it, and obviously Bunting is a completely different character, more of an agitator than an actual kind of tough guy like these, but the skill gap matters as well. And I know Bunting is produced, but he is not looked at the same way, rightfully so, that an Evander Kane or a Sam Bennett is. And when, mm-hmm. and look, you can have the argument, I don't, I don't have a problem with it being policed this way, but when you're a better player in the game, you get away with a little more. And that's why you see a guy like Kane and a guy like Bennett able to toe that line. Whereas the difference with Kadri, who is on the plane that those guys are as a player, but he is not so consistently nasty. He'll just pick his spots once every five or six games to do something just as he nasty. He will fight as, back. He will do that, but he it will is, respond. it's not as much in his nature as it is for those guys. So I think that's why that's why they're able to do it so well. These guys so are well. initiators. Yeah. They're that's, initiators. That's, they're very, they're very, very comfortable in being tough yeah, guys well because said. they're legitimately tough guys. Evander Kane is legitimately a tough guy. Yes. He could be in the heavyweight division if mm-hmm. there's still one in the NHL. It's just that, you know, he does other things really well, like score goals yep. and play in a top six for a team that could win the Stanley Cup. So there, there are key differences there. And I think that's one thing that's always eluded the Maple Leafs, just having people that are tough and understanding that they're tough and comfortable being tough. Sometimes it's pulling it out of you. And when you're getting it pulled out of you, sometimes you can go beyond the line very, very quickly yep. because you are trying to overcompensate. And that's exactly what happened with Kadri. It happened with Michael Bunting early in the Tampa Bay Lightning mm, series. You know where my mind's going with this. Go ahead. David Clarkson, 71. This David is exactly Clarkson, what happened. I'm not saying he's not a tough guy. He was guy, tough. But it was clear as day. He wanted I'm to making, prove it. I'm making way too much money. I uh, How did they give me all this money? I better go out there this and kill John. This can't happen while I I'm here. Better go out there. This money. And and again, some of it is you can read way too much into little moments. But I remember the, the 24-7, and it's the dumbest moment, but it's... Uh, I forget who the the player. I want to say it was Todd Bertuzzi. Like smacks the water bottle of the Leaf school. Oh, you worried about? Yeah, I am worried about a water bottle. And it's like, I, do you love that a guy is fighting for every inch out there? Yes. I mean, maybe not every inch of plastic. You want to keep it to what's on the ice. But you saw it with Clarkson as well. And that wasn't a case of a guy who's not tough. But it was clearly a guy who's a case of I need to prove this and I need to prove it. Not not today. Not right now. I need to prove it yesterday. Nazem Kadri just you know dropped the gloves and punched Jake DeBrusque. Things might have been different. Butterfly effect. No cup in Colorado. Maybe oh, a cup man. in Toronto. Who knows what it would have looked like if he just handled that aggression or the need for aggression a little bit differently. It's another big night on it the is, network. Just quickly, it is it is funny that it is funny that and again, I have no qualms with the way any of this is policed, but uh, you know, hitting a guy in a dirty way absolutely cannot do that. If you just would have jumped him and forced him into a fight, a okay. When in doubt, yeah. When in doubt, just fling the gloves off and fight Amazing. because you'll get instigator ten minute whatever. Yep. You're not going to get suspended though. No. There's no like even if the party is so unwilling. Yes, it does not matter. No, it does not matter because ask, eventually, ask Evander Kane and, and Colasar. Yeah. Exactly, they have to defend themselves. They have to try to get up, and if they don't, a referee tackles. Both of you, and uh, you, well, one of you might get more penalty, uh, penalty minutes, but you are generally not getting suspended for that, which is the reality of the NHL. As I mentioned, big night on the network. Two game fours in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Carolina Hurricanes will look to go up 3-1 in New Jersey. Jersey's still trying to complete that, you know, that bounce back, comeback sort of attitude after going down 2 nothing. And the Dallas Stars... <laughs> They need a win in Seattle, or they fall behind 3-1 in their series. Both those games, of course, on Sportsnet, CBC, and Sportsnet Now. 
two games in the NBA playoffs, also on uh, Sportsnet, Sportsnet's 360, and the Blue Jays get back into action after a day off. Alec Manoa on the bump against Aaron Nola in the Philadelphia Phillies. That game is on Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet 590. The fan, big, big night, exclusively big nights. Yeah, that's going to be a quick. That's going to be a quick ball game. I know we love content here. I know baseball's quicker in 2023. Those two pitching the way they're both capable of uh, could be a very quick night. We did get an important update uh, from a friend of ours in Orangeville, Mitch in Orangeville, letting us know there's a flag van going strong at the 7-Eleven in Orangeville. So there are still places you can get mm. them. You got to go outside. I know Orangeville, more of a city, not technically a hamlet, but the, you go into those communities. And it's it can be found vibe. there. So we, I just wanted to just wanted to let that be known. That's uh, where I got my driver's license. Okay. 16 years old. Long, long time ago. Shout out to Orangeville. Uh, it does make sense. Were you scared of the, like, were you scared of big boy city test? Was that, like, I know yes. people who have done this move. Yes. That was, yes. That's what happened? If, well, it, it's, it is known to be easier. To yeah. Pass, hey, for look, sure. hey, look. Also We, we both drove here in our cars today <laughs> and didn't kill anyone. Yeah, so I mean, it's I, okay. I got a... So, Sterling record, uh, but it's also easier to get the uh, the uh, appointment. Appointment, okay. Yes. Brampton a little busier, just a touch than Orangeville, which uh, has more of a Hamlet vibe. Even if it's not a Hamlet, uh, okay. So this might be our last day to talk about this. I mean, there could be there could be a comeback here. There could be a comeback here for the Toronto Maple Leafs down three nothing. I would venture there will be a fake comeback at the very least. If there may be, and that would lend more time for the discussion. But I would argue. That if the Leafs are going to lose, that it's better that they lose tomorrow night. Because the amount of work to do, mm. the amount of decisions that need to be made, the conversations, you're a succession guy. Oh, I love it. Watching succession. What, did you like the last episode? Yeah, I loved it. There's I, don't a, think it was I, that I, good. I, I, I can it, I, can it do no wrong? For no, you? I yeah, I can't be critical. Once I love a TV show, like I was a big Game of Thrones guy, and people last season coming to me like, "You surely oh. did not like that." I'm like, "I gotta tell you, <laughs> I loved it." So I can't, okay. I cannot be critical of you something I love. That's that's fair. That's fair. Which explains exactly how low the Toronto Maple Leafs have drugged me. If you want to hear yesterday's oh, show, th- yeah. there you go. The psychoanalysis that makes a lot of sense. Um, I compare it to Succession because I think Succession will have nothing on what's going on in the MLSC boardrooms at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Like the amount of back channeling conversations, mm-hmm. wheeling and dealing, partnering up, gravitating to people with power, uh, alienating people who are losing power. Like I have to imagine it is going to be a scene out of succession when this is all said and done. Now I imagine a lot of conversations and contingency plans have been put into place, but July one is such a key day. Mm-hmm. Let me just run down what happens July 1 for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is just six, seven weeks away. Not far. Kyle Dubas becomes a free agent on July 1. Okay. Austin Matthews can sign a new contract on July 1, but we'll also see his no-movement clause kick in on his current deal and will become officially a pending unrestricted free agent July 1 with 365 right. days, 364 days left of him actually being uh, under contract with the Maple Leafs. Also on July 1, William Nylander can sign a new contract. He can sign a new extension. He will also see a 10-team no-trade kick in and will, like Matthews, become a pending unrestricted free agent. In a year's time, he can walk. Mitch Marner, he has a no-movement clause kick in on July 1 with two years remaining on his deal. Can't sign anything, but you can't Mm -hmm. just trade Mitch after July 1 without him having a say. 
And of course, John Tavares, nothing that has to do with July 1, but he has a two years, two years remaining on his current contract with a full no move. So July 1, no moves for Tavares, Marner, Matthews, 10 teams for William Nylander, no guarantees that you have a free or that you have a general manager rather in place July 1. So seven weeks to put a new, if you're going to have a new front office in place, that front office then has that amount of time remaining to make decisions on the core four. And we've all sort of come to the conclusion that something has to change. I don't think if you bring in a new general manager, and even if you keep Kyle Dubas, that nothing will change based on what we're seeing here. Yeah. So you have to get the new regime in. You have to have the new regime. I guess you have to have the new regime sold to the board. Board collect, uh, yeah. picks the new regime. Which, that again, new regime to, settles in. to go back to succession, not easy. Not easy. And maybe maybe a TV show is coloring our opinion on this a little bit too much. No, but it's all reality. I, 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 there's definitely some of it there. That regime has to then make decisions on these four players, has to have the conversations with Matthews, has to try and build trust with Matthews, get on the same page with Austin Matthews, has to make decisions on Marner and Nylander, has to get a coach in place, likely. The amount of work they have to do over a period of about six, seven weeks is astronomical, and if this gets pushed to, what, another week? Yeah, the May press, 7, press, whatever, Was yeah. it May 17th was Game 7, uh, which is a week away? Mm-hmm. That means you're down to six weeks and the same result. Again, I think a lot of this stuff has been decided already right. to a certain extent. I think they have some Plan B, C, Ds in place, but a lot of conversations still have to happen here, and if it ends tomorrow, you can get a start on it. If it doesn't end until next week... Then you lose another week in what is critical, critical time as the hourglass starts to empty. Yeah, I still think, and you're right, there is no way there aren't, forget ABC, there might be all the way down to plan Z with all the different machinations they have thought out. I still, in my heart of hearts, cannot see something that will happen at this point in time, again, outside of a series win, which I don't see happening, that is going to change things. I just see Sheldon Keefe being gone, And I see the other two being back in Shanahan and Dubas. And I think that that then eliminates a little bit of the time crunch just because you have those guys there. But this is all still questions to be had about all of those guys. And, you know, just I don't know how your thinking has evolved on this. It's something we've bandied about for years now because the season has ended the exact same way every year. It's just as much as I'm sitting here and saying you got to change something, you got to change something. Is losing a trade the best way to make yourself better? And it goes back to what we talked about with Frank yesterday. You don't win a single trade for many of those guys. William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and John Tavares ain't going anywhere. You do not win that trade. So what is the world that it makes sense to do that? Does a new coach change? Like, And then we're right back into the spin cycle that we've collectively been in. And that is the most frustrating part of all this is that, yeah, no moves kick in. I kind of feel like they all have internal no moves because what is the trade out there that is going to help the Toronto Maple Leafs? If even if forget Nylander because that's always the easy one, but that's the one that doesn't really change much. If you go true nuclear and it's Matthews or Marner gone, what does that trade look like that forget makes you better, makes you as good of a team as you are today? And the personality part of that is what we all have to wonder, and that is the piece of the puzzle that is frustrating because Kyle Dubas can do all the research he wants. A new GM X, Y, or Z can have all the past relationship with superstar, whoever that he's going to go trade for. 
you're still thinking it'll mesh well with the group. And as much as it's an individual problem of player A, B, C, and how they are as a person, it's just as much of a problem as how those core four personality-wise kind of mesh together. I think sort of the craziest thing about the next or what's to come here, what what could we could see over the next two months, is that Austin Matthews holds an immense amount of power. Almost, almost frighteningly so, right? Like, because totally. if, if he wants to play games... If he wants to mess around, he could leave this organization in tatters even before he gets to July 1. Uh-huh. Even before he gets to a no-movement scenario where he could be like, nah, I just want to play it out. Because if he's just like, no, I wouldn't, if I'm if I'm you, I wouldn't get rid of Kyle Dubas. Or I want Kyle uh-huh. Dubas gone. Like if he if he can wield the power as such where he can influence what the board does he really over is the, the next seven weeks. He's the kingmaker. It's it, exactly. He is the kingmaker. And that was uh something referenced on the last episode yeah. of Succession. There one head, one crown, baby. <laughs> uh but honestly, it, it's kind of frightening because he holds he holds power, and I don't know what he's going to do with that power, and I don't know if anyone truly knows what he's going to do with that power. It could be as simple as, hey, I know what the spreadsheet says. I know what I'm worth on an eight-year deal. I know what I'm worth on a four-year deal. And I can kind of lead in towards, I want six. So refer to the spreadsheet, Right. right? It could be as simple as that. And it doesn't matter if it's Kyle doing it. It doesn't matter who's doing it. But it also could be, hey, I got to trust with Kyle and I don't want him to go. Or I don't believe in Kyle and I'd like to see things change. But I don't know if I actually am going to be signing something on July 1. I think that's a real key thing here is that if you don't get like a straight answer, if you don't get something really firm from Austin Matthews, Mm -hmm. if he allows you to linger and dangle by a thread at all, how how much more complicated it makes things over the next two months here. Well, and I think the other part of this that's very much an unknown is that this is this is an NBA situation playing out before our eyes. This is an Aaron Rodgers type situation. With those personalities, we know more about those personalities. You know, we've if it's LeBron James or Kevin Durant or whatever, we've been through this rodeo a few times with them. And there is just always the back channeling of, oh boy, it's it's amazing how this person has exact insight into what LeBron James is thinking. There are leaks out there. And not to say that this is a problem with NHL reporting. This is just an NHL culture thing. You know, nobody knows what Connor McDavid's ever thought about what's going on in Edmonton. No one's ever known what Austin Matthews thought. And I think that is the kind of terrifying part. Again, if you're in the room, you'd hope Kyle Dubas has a little more insight into what Austin Matthews thinks. But there's never been a report. There's never been a leak about how he feels one way or another about that. And I think that is the terrifying part is that he's basically been a black box from the outside in, you have no idea what's going on there. You have no idea what way he's leaning about any of those things. And like we said, he holds so much of the cards. And despite how frustrated everybody is at how the playoffs is gone. And I understand what Frank said, you're not going to just give him max max, but it's not going to be if, a cheap if he, deal. If he demands max max, you're probably just max max. No, <sighs> see, this goes back to the, like you got, you got to decide. I, I wholly understand what you're saying. It is just such a tough, it is such a tough thing to do in this city right now. The idea of, hey guys, giving up on Austin Matthews. Would I be- I know, but this is where the, the and this is where the idea of a negotiation, and this is where. Kyle Dubas and his ability to do this, this is where it's going to come to fruition. Now, I still go back to it, and there's way too many people who have wrote the fanfic in their head of, well, Lou would have just looked at him, and he would have surely taken eight times eight, and that would have been that. That Mm -hmm. wasn't going to happen, okay? But 
there was maybe an extra year to be gleaned. There were maybe an extra million dollars or so to be won back in that. And this is a big one. And when you have all this other business to do and you're going to have to, you know, it's one thing to say if, if Kyle Dubas wants to go out and ha- hand term to somebody else and not a big term, but another Cali Yarncroke type deal, he needs to know what Austin Matthews is going to make in the second year of that this offseason. So it's just you have to be careful with it. And I think you also have to just because of how big a news story it's going to be, you have to get it done with. You can't really have something that lingers deep into the summer. But the Leafs aren't necessarily in a position just because of the cap, and that's not them. That's a lot of teams to just say max, max, because as good as Austin Matthews is, I think that it's not an issue of him, but it's an issue of how all the pieces fit together, and he's always going to be at the forefront of it. Can you just do that? I don't know, and I'm floored that I'm saying that because I was always somebody that said, if you shoot the puck in the net the way he does, there is no number that's too much. And I still think in my heart of hearts I believe that, but I'll be honest, I am wavering on that a little. Maple Leafs have been bracing for this moment for some time. Uh, They've got four, five, six, six players really with meaningful term. Mm -hmm. And one of those players uh, you mentioned was Callie Yarncroke, but... Yarncroke and Riley are really the only ones yeah. who have significant investments right now beyond. Yeah, because Murray's, Murray's done when the same time Marner's up, right? Marner up. John Tavares up in two years. No one really exceeds that other than Yarncroke yeah. and Riley. So they've been trying to, they, they've been setting themselves up for the step back, the absorb the Matthews. Marner next deals, maybe Nylander next deals. They've been doing this for some time. So they are prepared. They are going to be able to do it. It's just what does it mean for the team? And what does it mean for a team that still hasn't accomplished anything with the core four as it is at this moment? Now we can start. If we're talking about a next contract with Matthews, Mm -hmm. we're talking about post-John Tavares, right? Completely talking about post-John Tavares. It does not apply the core four anymore when we're really talking about the bulk of this new contract. Mm -hmm. Matthews, he still has one more year that he has to go through, and then there's only one more year of John Tavares, and you make your decisions then. So really, we're talking about the post-Tavares era with this deal, and for that reason, there probably shouldn't be really any reservations. Austin Matthews, while he hasn't proven anything, in the next iteration of this team, it may be, A, easier mm-hmm. to win. B, he might be more prepared to be the leader that he needs to be in order to win playoff games. There's still the second half of his career in this next contract, right? So yep. I don't, for that reason, yeah, you not giving him the, mor- the world sounds ridiculous. You're also going into a new salary era where you're going to have more uh, flexibility. And if Matthew signs something like eight years, and it is a massive number... It, for the life of the deal, to a certain point, I mean, John Tavares, hello, uh, is going to get easier to to manage. So for that reason, you might take a step back immediately, Mm -hmm. but it might set you up for the future in the post-Tavares era. But again, he has equal say in this. He has more than equal say in this. He has all the power right now, and he can call the shots as he wishes. So I, I do think because of this thing, the specter of Austin Matthews' next contract looming, it almost... It almost demands that they take a step back. It may not be next year, but certainly the year after that, because things are going to be so difficult under the weight of the salary cap. Yep. But if they make a decision that frees them up out of this current situation, which they may do, which they may have to do, then it won't even really matter. Matthews is a separate entity from mm-hmm. the core four. Okay. Right? He can. I don't he can, disagree. He can survive I, I, there is past no, the core four. There is no planet. And look, like we all like William Nylander. We, we all like Mitch Marner. 
there's no planet where he is not far and away the most important guy. Mm-hmm. Was Marner the team's MVP this year? Yes. If you play 10 more years with these guys all playing on the same team, is he going to be in more than three of those seasons? Probably not. Matthews is the guy. There's a world where it's Matthews, Yarncroke, Riley, and whoever else they've added in a couple years, right? Like that that yep. could potentially happen. It's possible. He could be the last one standing. It's unlikely but he could be the last one standing. But again, it comes down to what he wants right now. So here's here uh, with it coming down to what he wants right now. Here's a little tease for Leafs positives that we're going to do. I don't know when we're doing it, but later we'll on try in the show. Yeah, okay, sure. At some point in time. Here's a little tease. Here's a freebie for you. Do you think it's possible? And, you know, we've... Every year that this team has lost, we've talked ourselves into, well, now they'll see what it takes to win at this time of year. With it now being contract time, it's going to be contract time for Matthews and Nylander. You're a year away from having this exact same conversation with Mitch Marner. Do you think there's a part of them that looks around and goes, yes, I am great, or but we need some more help here. Do you think there is a possibility of the repeated failure, failure? And with this year potentially being more of a painful and more of an embarrassing loss than any that you had to the Lightning, nothing will ever top Montreal. But do you think it's possible that that makes those guys realize? And this isn't a case of, oh, Matthews, they're all going to sign eight times 10 and that's going to be it. No, they're still going to get close to their fair market value. But I do wonder if that's the, and it's not a negotiating tactic. It is the actual pain that these guys have felt, the noise they hear every Mm -hmm. summer. If you can use that to get yourself a couple mil here, and I'm not talking on one guy, I'm talking collectively of them all. It's not going to be some massive haircut, but I do wonder if the collective pain that that group has felt and the pressure to not look like prima donnas who demand the entire world right now could potentially play positively into the least favor. I would be shocked beyond a small PR move like the McDavid one. What would he give back 25 or a quarter million dollars? Something and like that. It's just the greatest move of all time. Taking a number you were never going to take and then saying, ah, yeah, I'll la- walk last it back. minute. You know what? Just, just shave a quarter mil off that per year. Just so I can, you know, make it look a little better. Like I, I do. I don't doubt that that can happen. But the entire conversation about Austin Matthews for the last couple of years... Ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell. Ring the bell. It's trying to reset the standard. This is the new world. This is what superstars are are owed. And this is what I will be taking home with me. Do you think he envisioned having a B season for him the year he was set to do that? Probably not. But I am sure he believes it doesn't matter. Yeah, and and this is the age old thing. Won the heart trophy. This is the age old thing ago. in sports. It only takes one, and there's not going to be one. There would be twenty lining up to to do that in terms of giving him the money. I know he's not a UFA this summer, but it only takes one to say we'll go max max. And you want to talk about back channeling? Uh, there's no way that hasn't already he's, started happening. He's been held up as the guy who is going to reset the standard. He's been held up as the guy who was going to go out and get his. I don't understand why that would have changed based on a down year and poor performance in the playoffs. I mean, it should. Rational thinking, yeah. You're, I mean, you're not Connor McDavid. You're not Leon Dreisaitl. You may not even be Nathan McKinnon. You're not Kale McCarr. You're not... Maybe you're not that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're a fringe top 10 player in the world. Maybe you had the outlier season, which was 60 goals, mm-hmm. and it's never going to look like that again. But I am, I am sure that it does not matter, at least in his mind. And then what, what, what's the decision you make if you're LMLSE? You walk away yeah. from the greatest player you've ever had? It's not happening. Yeah. It's not happening. If they can give him the money, they will. And they can, like you said, it's it's there. Can, it's just a matter of what team? will be around it, and that's the that's that's the way it has to be pitched to him. This is the 
this is really, and again, I'm not saying he can't get all his money and they can't win. These things have happened before, but this is a really telling moment for what matters for these guys. It really is. Does an extra, and hey, it's not my money. Easy to say only two million bucks or whatever you want to phrase it as. But this is a telling moment for all these guys, okay? Is Nylander in a slightly different position because he didn't ring the bell in the bigger way the first time? Maybe. But if you really care, if you, if, you know, and hey, he's not up this year, but if Mitch Marner, if the only thing that matters to him in the whole wide world is winning as a Toronto Maple Leaf, go prove it. This is what I say about, and obviously this guy's in an infinitely different stratosphere than these guys. Nobody is going to have to prove they love being a Leaf more than Michael Bunting. (laughs) He is going to have to prove it so bad by ripping up a check for tens of millions of dollars more than he could potentially get here. That guy's going to have to prove he wants it the most. But these core guys, they're going to have to prove that winning matters and all that. And they can they can pay all the lip service to, well, you know, it's a, this the, my financial decisions versus team things are different. No, they're not. It is wholly linked together. So if you really care about winning, you really care about being a Leaf, all of that stuff, prove it. Unfortunately, I think a thing that really, really matters to Mitch Marner is being looked at in the same way one, that Austin Matthews one, is looked 1, at. thousand percent that matters more, or so, just as much, <laughs> probably more. So if Austin no, Matthews does it, came out there, if Austin Matthews does it, I'd expect Mitch Marner to do it. Well, the, it's the it's the and you know like I don't want it always to turn into X versus Y because it was always Nylander versus Marner, and now it's Marner Matthews. It's like the idea that they both have to have an A, they have to share it. It has to be always the exact same when they're not. Okay, they're not the exact same. One guy won the heart. One guy's a nominee for the Selkie. They're not the same. <laughs> one guy's one never. guy's a winger. <laughs> one guy's a center. We talked about framing on the last day of the the regular season. One guy's never hit a hundred points in a season. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people bending over backwards to be like, but he was so close every time, but he never no, did. You it. Use it to your argument. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we're gonna do a little a list, but I actually want to ask you after the break to write your succession script for MLSC. Mm. Just your little fanfic. Oh. <laughs> we'll do that in a baby A list after the break. Sportsnet 590. All right, back on the Fan Morning Show. It's a abbreviated quick a list here but i i I gotta ask you about this did you see mark zuckerberg's athletic uh accomplishment i believe over the weekend i didn't uh all the athletic exploits i know of him are surfing well i know he's a white guy but he's wearing white face while he was surfing with the uh the big sunscreen it's not good concerned about you know daniele's looking at me like i might get fired in the break for that one but (laughs) hey we're here uh okay so mark zuckerberg uh apparently you know famously founder of facebook founder there is a famously weird but famously also that famously weird uh did uh create facebook he's also winklevoss things the winklevoss twins has some thoughts but i'll let you get to the story he was involved somehow yeah that much i've seen this he got a lot of credit that's true Anyway, he's a jujitsu practitioner. Oh, big, okay. Big jujitsu guy. Uh, he won gold and silver medals no. at his very first Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament in Redwood City, California, to the shock of the mixed martial martial arts community mm-hmm. and probably more widely. Uh, the 38-year-old tech billionaire 
took up the sport early on in the pandemic. He's already winning gold and silver medals. Now, gold and silver is interesting because it's like, is this the Vladimir Putin thing where you're competing against I'm going worse. non-competitive people? I'm going worse. Like you're, you're winning both. You beat yourself, You gold and silver. I mean, it's a, it's a one-on-one competition. How do you get gold and silver? This isn't Vladimir Putin playing hockey where guys are like, no, no, go ahead, Vladdy, you could score. This is Kim Jong-il just flat out lying about his round of <laughs> golf with 12 hole-in-ones and saying, eh, not for me. Right. Too boring. In what world? And yes, you can't win both. Did he? Well, actually, you know what? I just stumbled upon it. Facebook. Did he? Are, like, we're positive he didn't clone himself. We a thousand percent. Like, could you? Could you look me in the eye right now and with your life on the line, that level of certainty, tell me that he didn't clone himself? I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm also not that confident. Okay. Not with my life on the line. No. Good old Mark Zuckerberg. That's what I think is at play here. Faking it. It's actually. I'm. I don't think there were anybody. I think it was just like this is him testing out beta versions of himself. He is cloned. He had 30 Zucks out there. They're all competing. They're kicking. Yeah. They're throwing. Whatever else goes on in jujitsu, they're doing it all. And Zuck won. I did the real Zuck. Maybe, maybe that's the real Zuck now. Whichever AI or clone of his that won this fake jujitsu competition that he had, maybe that's the real Zuck. Imagine losing to Mark Zuckerberg in a jujitsu <sighs> match. Like if you're like a like if you've done this even for more than <sighs> so if it's tough. more than just a hobby for you it's it's not something you do to just try to you know stay active on yeah. Saturday mornings like you know there's all these stories of Michael Jordan just like beating the wheels off pro golfers at his golf course that he's designed perfectly for him to do this but mm-hmm. at least that's Michael Jordan and he won six NBA titles and he's the greatest competitor of all time Zuck little different. Tough. I, I want to give you full runway because you're such a succession guy. Love it. I want to let that brain okay. sort of fully form thoughts. Percolate we also on have Merrick at seven. So we will we'll save that. We'll do our succession fanfic when it comes to MLSE and the Maple Leafs In. at some point, probably right after Merrick. Uh, but we got Jeff Merrick next. We'll talk about Leafs, what happened with the Oilers last night, what needs to happen for the Dallas Stars tonight. Lots to go over with Jeff Merrick. We'll do that after the break.